It's August 24th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories today. Residents of Kyiv woke up to air raid sirens as Ukraine observed its Independence Day today, which also marked exactly six months since the start of Russia's military invasion. Authorities in the capital banned large-scale gatherings until Thursday, fearing the national holiday might bring particularly heavy Russian missile attacks. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky urged the public to be vigilant. As the war reached its 182nd day, there was no sign of a quick end to the conflict, which NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg yesterday described as a grinding war of attrition. Russia now holds large swaths of the country's east and south, but its gains accumulated slowly. The U.S. is expected today to announce roughly $3 billion in additional aid to train and equip Ukrainian forces to secure Ukraine's medium- to long-term defense posture. Iran will not allow inspections beyond what is in 2015 nuclear deal, the country's nuclear chief said today, as the United States prepares to respond to a proposal to revive Tehran's nuclear deal with world powers. A senior U.S. official told Reuters on Monday that Iran had dropped some of its main demands on resurrecting the deal terrain in Tehran's nuclear program, including its insistence that international inspectors close some probes of its atomic program, bringing the possibility of an agreement closer. But Mohammad Eslami, head of Iran's atomic energy organization, appeared to contradict that, saying the probes should be closed before the implementation day if the 2015 nuclear deal is revived. Washington aims to respond soon to a draft agreement proposed by the European Union that would bring back the agreement. Weeks ahead of Brazil's presidential election, police carried out search warrants yesterday targeting several business leaders who allegedly participated in a private group chat that included comments favoring a possible coup and military involvement in politics. The search and seizure warrants were issued by a Supreme Court justice who heads the nation's electoral authority, according to a statement from the federal police. Many of the comments were speculative and appeared to reflect personal opinion rather than a coordinated effort to undermine Brazilian democracy. In my opinion, this is the latest hint that Bolsonaro someone who has previously been an outspoken supporter of the military dictatorship that once ruled Brazil, is not particularly interested in leaving power following October's election. The Organization of American States, United Nations, and United States should be working with Brazilian authorities now to ensure that the election is safe, secure, and transparent. We see this crisis coming. We must act to preserve democracy and prevent the fifth largest country and ninth largest economy from drifting back towards authoritarianism. 
Elsewhere, Thailand's top court has suspended Prime Minister Prayuth Chan Ocha from official duty while it considers a legal challenge to his term limit. Opposition parties have filed a case arguing that Mr. Prayuth, in charge since 2014, has overstayed his tenure. Thailand's constitution limits prime ministers to eight years in office. The ex-army chief first seized power in the 2014 military coup and then retained office in 2019 under a heavily restricted election. However, in recent years, he has been facing growing opposition and backlash within his own coalition. So far this year, he has survived multiple no-confidence votes against him. Tigrayan forces in northern Ethiopia say the federal army has launched a new offensive against them. In a statement, the Tigrayans said there had been a wave of fresh attacks this morning along the region's southern border with Amhara. Addis Ababa has not yet responded to the accusations. An increase in tensions over the past two weeks is threatening to undo a humanitarian truce reached between the two sides in March. The war, which broke out in November 2020, has seen the killings of tens of thousands of civilians. The chief prosecutor of the International Criminal Court has urged the UN Security Council to do more to deliver justice for the people of Darfur in a landmark address on Tuesday. The UN says that 300,000 people were killed and 2.5 million fled their homes during the ethnic conflict that began in 2003. Former Sudanese President Omar al-Bashir will be tried for genocide after he backed mostly Arab militias with a scorched earth policy against Darfur's ethnic minority. The ICC's Karim Khan recently visited the region in person and met with internally displaced people. He said the people of Darfur are tired of promises. Khan's Tuesday briefing was the first time an ICC prosecutor addressed the Security Council while in a country where the court is pursuing justice. Yemen's main southern separatist group said it had launched a military operation in Abyan province to cleanse it of terrorist organizations a move that would strengthen the UAE-backed faction's control in the south. Yemen has been split by a seven-year-old war pitting a fractious coalition led by Saudi Arabia against the Iran-aligned Houthi group. The Houthis largely hold the north, and the internationally recognized government is based in the south. Abyan this year has seen several attacks on soldiers that authorities suspect was carried out by al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, which used the war between the Houthis and the coalition to enhance its influence. In lighter news, a South Carolina couple said they awoke to a crashing sound in the middle of the night and discovered a six-foot alligator on their front porch. Marcy and Paul Perrick said they were woken up after midnight by a loud noise and they looked outside to discover the alligator had climbed the 10 stairs of their front porch and was positioned right outside the door of their Port Royal Plantation home. Plantation security arrived at the home and used a spotlight to illuminate the unwelcome visitor. Perrick said the gator appeared frightened by the commotion. 
the alligator remained until after 1 a.m. when the parrots and security officers shut off all their lights. The gator eventually descended the porch stairs and made its way to a nearby lagoon. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the dsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This weekend, we'll speak with Dr. Cameron Bokhari, Director of Analytical Development at the New Lines Institute, about the potential contours of a new Iran nuclear deal. Go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.